the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, formerly Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Well, we thank God for the privilege to be in the house of God. One of the things you need to know is that you were born of the word. Somebody say, I was born of a word. Say, I am born of a word. I'm a product of a word. I function by the word. I do exploits by the word. I rule by the word. My life is controlled by the word. And that is why every opportunity you have to take in any dose of the word is an opportunity you must not take for granted at all. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go into the house of God. And according to some, we find in the house of God as a place of revelation, as a place of truth. He said, till I come, I want to write shortly unto you so that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave yourself in the house of God, which is the ground and the pillar of the truth. So this is a pillar of the truth. And when you encounter the truth, freedom is guaranteed. That's why I have no doubt that in this service you are returning free. Every yoke, every bondage on your life shall be broken. At the entrance of the word, light is coming to you. At the entrance of the word, wisdom is coming to you. At the entrance of the word, victory is yours. The Bible said they overcame him by the blood of a lamb and by the word of their testimony. God's word guarantees our triumphant living. You will live a triumphant life. No more will you be in bondage. No more will you be in captivity. In the mighty name of Jesus. So it shall be in your life. Lift up your hands and for a moment let's pray into our family's day. You want to pray for every soul you as a person is inviting. Every soul I'm inviting. Lord, everyone I'm inviting for our 27 families day. We decree that nothing shall restrain them from coming. We release them. We decree that those that we are inviting, those our family members are invite, the Holy Spirit will drive them here. And as they come, they will get an encounter with God. They will have a revelation that this is your place. In the name of the Lord Jesus, open your mouth and begin to pray. In Jesus' precious name, so it shall be in our lives. Every soul invited shall follow us to worship here. Come with me to Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. I began a series here about a month ago 
For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants. Somebody say his own servants. And delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Verse 16. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made five other talents. Likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. Then he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. 23. His Lord said, well done. Somebody say, well done. Good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. So we've been looking at engaging kingdom principles for promotion in life. Somebody say engaging kingdom principles. You must understand that promotion and exhortation in life is a product of scriptural principles. You can pray all you want. If you fail to engage the scriptural principles required, you cannot experience promotion and elevation in life. In this context, God set them up for promotion, but they didn't know it. There are many of us who go through life, we've been set up many times for promotion, but we keep on failing. I pray that from tonight you won't fail again. Many times God sets us up without knowing. These guys have been set up without knowing. The master never told them his true intention was to make them rulers over many. No, he didn't tell them that. He never told any of them that I'm going to make you a ruler over many. He just gave them talent. He said, go trade with it. And those who were faithful at trading with their talent were pronounced good and faithful servants who became rulers over many. May you become ruler over many. The scripture informs us that no matter where we are in life, we are divinely endowed. Somebody say we are divinely endowed. There is no child of God who is not endowed. Everybody has been given something. We may not all have been given equal abilities, but all of us have been given equal deposits. That is enough to make us rulers. Somebody say it's enough to make us rulers. I think that should be comforting to you because sometimes we look at people's gifts and we get jealous, we get envious, we look at what God has given others and it looks like God didn't give as much. But when you look at this test, the one who had one had the opportunity to have been made a ruler over many. The one who had two had the opportunity to become ruler over many and the one who had five. So there was no loss in the system at all. God's economy is such that there is space and room for everyone. Somebody say there's room for me. And you will be fruitful in your room. Shout a better amen. So we established that the foremost principle that undergets promotion in God's kingdom is the principle of service. Somebody say service. Service is foundational. In between it, I traveled and so Pastor Obey, Pastor uh, uh, James, and then uh, Pastor Ray. 
brought us into another principle which they looked at the principle of small beginnings. Somebody say small beginnings. You will never know how powerful that small insignificant thing God has placed in your hand is until you take a decision that you won't bury it but you will trade with it. The moment the gentleman buried his talent, his potential was seized. His future was blocked. There was no future to look forward to. Why? Because that which was given him, he buried it. I pray that whatever God has placed in you, may you not bury it. May you put it to work. May you trade with it. And as you trade with it, may you experience multiplication. Shout, I experience multiplication. Alright, my session was the principle of service. Somebody said the principle of service. And the principle of service is so important because as a church, one of our core values is service. Somebody say service. Service is important because God has ordained us for greatness, but nobody rises to greatness without service. If you look at our values there, one of those sentences or one of those words on it is service. Somebody say service. And you need to understand, even as this teaching is applicable to our general lives, it's particularly applicable to our service in God's house also. We need to understand how God promotes us through service. Because most times when people are serving, they don't understand that they've been set up for elevation. When Jesus came, he said, let this man be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, taught him no robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a man and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death. He took upon himself the form of a servant. Somebody say the form of a servant. Jesus did not come on earth as a master. He could have come as a master, but he chose to function as a servant. May you become a true servant. Shout a better amen. Amen. But we say that sometimes people serve and they are like, I've been serving, but I'm not the seat up. Is it possible to serve and be limited? Is it possible to serve and not experience elevation by God? It's not possible. When we serve and we serve well, God is bound by the integrity of his word to elevate us. You shall be elevated. I said you shall experience elevation. Most people pretend to be serving. Meanwhile, they simply do not know what the true servant is. God is looking for true servants to promote. God is looking for true servants to elevate. And you will be one of such true servants. So we began looking at 21 attributes of true servants. 21 attributes. Somebody say 21. 21. Say 21. 21. Now, it is said that if you can practice something consistently for 21 days, it becomes a habit. Between 21 and 30 days, it becomes a habit. So, 21 is critical. 21. We said the first attribute of a true servant is that he's sendable. Somebody say sendable. A true servant is sendable. A true servant is sendable. You can send a servant and you'll be at peace. It's not everybody you send and you can be at peace. There are some people, when you send them, you better go after them because you will never be at peace. They will create a mess for you. The time they are supposed to report, they will go at their own choosing. So by the time you realize what you send them for, what you are seeking to achieve as a master, you've missed it. We need to learn to be sendable people. There are people, you send them, they won't go on time. Some people will go on time, but they will carry the wrong message. What you told them to say, that's not what they will say. 
And a true servant is not only timely, a true servant also carries a true message. Number two, we said a true servant has a master. Somebody say, I have a master. Say, I have a master. This is a generation that does not understand what it means to have a master. Everybody wants to become a master, but nobody wants to say yes to a master. You know, the pathway to becoming a master is to learn to call someone your master. That is the pathway. That is God's ordained pathway to become a master. Before they could look at Elisha and call him Elisha the prophet, he was first calling his master Elijah. The same thing happened to Joshua. And it's very important that we appreciate that we have a master. Our ultimate master is God, but on earth, at your workplace, you have a master. In the church, you have a master. Whoever is your head of service unit is your master. And you owe the person the respect and the honor deserving of a master. The Bible says, Malachi 1.6, he says, A son honors his father, and a servant his master. And that is a protocol. The protocol between a servant and a master is honor. Somebody say honor. Anybody you don't truly honor from your heart cannot be said to be your master. If you say someone is your master, he must be somebody you truly honor from your heart. A lot of the things people parade about as honor is just dishonor. In their real heart of heart, they wish they would do something else. And you see, because God looks at the heart, he will always look there before he promotes. May you be promoted. Number three, we say a true servant seeks to please his master above all else. Apostle Paul said, if I yet please my own self, then I am not a servant of Christ. A true servant is committed to pleasing his master. The greatest pleasure of a true servant is to please his master. Number four, we said a true servant does the will of his master and not his own will. Jesus came as a servant to his father and he said, I came not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Are you about your own will or you are about your master's will? When you get to the office, do you do things your own way or you do things your master's way? When you go to the quarry hazard, do you go there to do your own things or you do things the master's way? When you are serving in the church, do you things leadership way or you do things your own way? That is what shows that you have a master. If you have a master, then you are not your own. Somebody say, I'm not my own. Number five, we said a true servant has the mind of a servant. There is a mindset you need to be able to serve. If you think that you are somebody or you belong to a certain class you can serve. Servants have a mind that they are advancing God's kingdom. They don't think that they are being taken advantage of. You know there are a lot of people who when they are serving and doing other things for people they think they are being taken advantage of. You go to the office to work and uh, Africans and Ghanaians in particular they say uh, monkey they work, babu the chop. But you see if you don't learn to be monkey at some stage in your life you will never become babu. A lot of people who God destined to become great baboons remain monkeys for life because they had a wrong attitude when they were in their monkey stage of their lives. Monkey they work, babu they chop. If you are doing someone's work, you don't take it seriously. I bet you it's not a case, but you can't start anything on your own and trust that it will work. So be faithful. Number six, we said a servant does not despise any work. He does not despise any work. We live in a generation where people are choosy and picky. 
very fastidious. This is what I want to do. This fits my style. This is the way I want things. This is how I'm comfortable. Listen, when you have a master and you are seven, you don't choose what you want to do. I'm sure that if you had asked Joseph what he wanted to do, he would have told you he wanted to do something else rather than wash dishes in Pharaoh's house. But in that area, that was where his promotion was. There were many things he did. By the time, you see, when you are seven, it gives you an opportunity to learn many things. Many things, many things, many things, many things. You cannot become a good master if you are limited in knowledge. You cannot, you cannot. We cannot send you as a pastor and you'll be able to succeed as a branch pastor. If you have not learned to usher, if you have not learned to lead songs, if you have not learned to lead prayer, if you have not learned to do many things before. I may not be able to do all of them well, but I can do everything that is done in church because I've served in all of those capacities. And I did it faithfully. You have to learn. You have to learn not to despise anything. The quickest way to disqualify yourself for bigger responsibilities is to despise more ones. The moment you do that, you have disqualified yourself from bigger responsibilities. Number seven, a true servant is accountable. Somebody say, I'm accountable. Say, I'm accountable. You are accountable. You are accountable to God. You are accountable to leadership. We can call you and ask you, what is the state? If you're a family shepherd, we can call you. How come your sheep are not coming to church? And you should be ready to answer them because you are accountable. God holds us accountable and we have a responsibility. The Bible said after a long time. Somebody say after a long time. See, usually because accountability comes after a long time, most people are found wanting. After a long time, the Lord, those servants came and settled accounts with them. When he comes to settle accounts, I trust that your accounts will be clear. In Ghana, most of the time, when they are coming for auditing, you see that people are shaking. There are people who forsake, and sometimes they do all kinds of things. They can do asking all kinds of things in the office, burn stuff because a day of accountability is coming. But you can burn some fast in your office, but your records with God cannot be burnt. The Bible said, Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give unto every man according as his work shall be. May you find good reward from God. A true servant avails himself for work. A true servant is available. A servant is available. There are some servants that are never available. A security man, the moment you drive out, they are also out. A shop attendant, the moment the boss says, I'm coming, they are also gone. They are hardly available. Now, if you are going to serve, you need to learn to be available. Available. The Bible says, whosoever waited on his master shall be on it. You have to have a waiting spirit. You have to have the capacity to wait. Some servants are always in a hurry. They want to dictate the pace for their masters. It doesn't work like that. You have to learn to be available. The disciples of Jesus were available. He needed them to fetch water. They were available. He needed them to gather the fragments. They were available. Everywhere. In fact, the whole essence of calling them was so that they would be available. Mark chapter 3 verse 13 to 14. The Bible said, And he went to a mountain and called unto himself those he would. And they came unto him. Look at verse 14. He appointed 12 that they might be with him. Somebody say be with him. Servants who have been with their masters, when they are released, it always shows. It always shows. It always shows. It always shows. Those who reflect me well and represent me well are those who have been with me well. 
I know it. The Bible says, when they saw the boldness of Peter and knew that he was unleaded man, they took notice he had been with Jesus. He had been with him. He had been with you. Can't be with your master and he's not showing in your approach, your conduct, your speech. It will always show. When you are with your master, it shows. That's why sometimes people leave certain firms and they go, they fail, and they blame it on where they left. It's not where they left. Because if things are working where they left, how come things are not working with them? They left because they left without the spirit of the place where they are living. Number nine, a true servant that's everywhere, great or small, with the same attitude. Somebody say with the same attitude. Say with the same attitude. A positive attitude is a matter of priority with God. God is not just interested in what you do, but how you do it. He says, serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. He said, with fervency. Doing the will of the Lord with a pure heart. So, God does not just call us to do things. He calls us to do things in a certain way. And we need to do so with the right attitude. How are you managing your small business? I can almost look at that and tell that your business will have a great future. A lot of people think that they have to grow big to manage well. No. You manage well to grow big. You have to manage well. The little you have, take care of them well. If you be committed and faithful at handling 12 people committed into your hands as a family shepherd, then you are preparing yourself for a future pastoral ministry. Am I complicating here? That is how you can be faithful. I started responding to the call of God as a whole rep. I started from Unity Hall, I went to Katanga Hall, and then on and on and on and on, I actually did not know that, in fact, when I went to first year, I didn't know that I was going to become a pastor. It wasn't in my mind. It wasn't my dream too, because pastoral thing was not a dream for me. Yeah, it wasn't a dream for me. It, it wasn't something people are spoken their things by. It wasn't, I, I didn't want to do it because I didn't see the sense in becoming a pastor when I could do other things and be more uh, independent on my own. Yeah, I didn't want to be at the mercy of people and all of those things. No, I didn't want that kind of thing. But faithfulness at handling small responsibilities. The responsibilities kept on coming, 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 until at a point I realized that no, I was born for this. Number 10, we said, a true servant does his work from a sincere heart. Somebody say sincere heart. If you ever be elevated through service or not, check your heart. Are you doing it for a show? Matthew 23, verse 5 to 7. Everything they do is for a show. Everything they do, when they are singing, is for a show. When they are preaching, is for a show. When they are leading prayer, is for a show. When they are giving, is for a show. Everything they do is for a show. May I ask you tonight, why do you do what you do? That's very important with God. Why do you do it? Because your motives, we don't see it, but God sees it. And the Bible said, he who looks into the heart shall reward thee openly. God sees our hearts and he rewards us according to our hearts. The Bible said, not with eye service as men pleases, but with a hearty service, doing service as unto the Lord. That's all. A true servant does his work as unto God and not unto man. They don't offer eye service. They offer heart service. May you offer true heart service to God. 
Number 11, we say a true servant does his work with goodwill towards his master. This is so, so, so important. Somebody say, have a good will towards your master. Have a good will. Have a good will towards your master. There are people who work in places, they don't wish their bosses well. They don't wish their bosses well. Oh, all this money, so it is for them and their family. Oh, that's, that's what they think. All this, what they are learning from that, their focus is not that they are just looking at what the boss is getting. The last time I checked, one man who looked into what the boss was getting and messed up his destiny was Gehazi. He was called to have an anointing. He chose material things over. Knowledge and experience, skill, something that could not be traded, something immaterial, something intangible. He traded it for material gains. One of the things that can easily stop you from attaining your full potential is your attention towards material things. You look at your boss's car and now you have started stealing small, small from him. You look at your car, you look at your boss's car. You are doing all this work. See the way they are using the money. Wish your master well. Listen, anywhere you are working, you can't wish the leaders of the place well or your boss well. Even if it's government service, please quit the place. Wish them well. This gentleman had no goodwill towards the master. He said, you are my boss. I know you're a wicked man. You reap where you have not sown. You gather where you have not sown seed. That's all. That was his mindset. Because when he gave him the money, he could have taken it to so many places. He could have taken it to the bank. Money is not something designed to be buried. But he wanted to teach the master a lesson. That you are wicked. If you think you are wicked, I want you to know I'm more wicked than you. You are a wicked man. You reap where you have not sown. But in my hands, you will not reap anything. I will show you. So he carried the thing and buried it. But he didn't know that that was the seed for his future. It was a seed for his future. The seed for his future. All of them, what he gave them was the seed for their future. When he came back, did he collect anything from them? He didn't collect anything from them. It's just like a story I heard of one man who was building some estate, built some estate, built some estate. And then one day, he was asked to build one final estate. And all this time he had been building for his master, the master had really not given him attention, made money available because he was in the process of proving him. And he gave him. So one time he told him that he's giving him his final job. His final job. And he wants him to build. And gave him an estimated budget to build with. And when he looked at the budget, it was really good. So he said, well, I think my retirement package has come. I'm going to enjoy so he gathered all kinds of rough materials and he used it in the building. The last one, because the boss never stepped there. Unlike the previous works where the boss used to visit the place and see what's good, he decided he won't go there at all. Let him build. Finish. So when he finished, he went to him and said, Sir, I have finished the project. He said, Really? You finished? Everything, painting, everything is done? He said, Yes, I've finished. Where are the keys? He said, Here are the keys. When he collected the keys, he said, you sure you finished? You did it very well? He said, yes, I finished. When he collected the key, he said, this is your gift. Then the guy's face changed. Praise God. Because if he knew he was doing it for himself, if he knew, and a lot of us, we are not making progress because we are doing things in a way for others. That's what the Bible says. If you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who will commit to you all? Learn to handle other people's well. Wish people well. 
Waste people well. There are cruel masters. You know there are cruel masters? There are cruel masters. There are people you work for them and it's as if they have decided that they will make you poor. Listen, the principle of work and the principle of service with God as your master is said that when your earthly master even takes advantage of you, God can step in and turn the tide in your favor. That is the difference between a believer and an unbeliever. That's why when the Bible says, when we are ill-treated in First Peter, he talks about the fact that even when we are ill-treated, we should still do our work the way we ought to do it because we know we have a master in heaven. God is a fair judge. Most of the time, we think that when we work in a place, we must earn our profit or promotion from the same place. No, God is not like that. The whole field, the health is a loss and the fullness thereof. You can work in one company and God will bring you maximum harvest from a different source. You always have to understand that God is the ultimate rewarder. And that is what we come to. Number A true servant does his work as unto God and not unto man. I've already talked about this. A true servant does his work as unto God and not unto man. Joseph said, that I will not do this and sin against the Lord my God. It was not God he was sinning against. Mrs. Potiphar was not God's wife. It was Potiphar's wife. But Joseph knew that God was his ultimate master. Number 13, a true servant understands that his ultimate rewarder is God and not man. Somebody say, God is my rewarder. Say, God is my rewarder. God is my rewarder. God is my rewarder. God is my rewarder. That's why David could lay down his life for the sheep. He went after the lion and the bear at the expense of his life. And God saw it. He said, Joseph, you can do that for ordinary animals. Listen, I'm going to handpick you. You are going to rule over my people, Israel. Number 14. We want to continue from there. A true servant does not expect a thank you. Somebody say, a true servant does not expect a thank you. It is good that when you do something good, you are acknowledged and you are commended for it. But that should not become your expectation. There are some people, they are in the system, they become grumpy. The moment they do something and they are not acknowledged, every time they want their names to be mentioned, they want to be singled out for acknowledgement. You see, when you do that, you are doing what you are doing for a show. A true servant is not looking for a thank you. Look at Luke chapter 17, verse 7 to 10. Luke 17. If your servant comes in from plowing or from taking care of the sheep, would you say, welcome, come in and have something to eat? Verse 8. No, you wouldn't say that. You would say, prepare me something to eat. Get ready to serve me so I can have my meal. Then later on, you can eat and drink. Verse 9. Servants don't deserve special thanks for doing what they are supposed to do. Servants don't deserve special thanks for doing what they are supposed to do. This is what you are supposed to do. You are supposed to be in the choir. You are supposed to serve faithfully. You are supposed to come for rehearsal. And when you come for rehearsal, you want us to specially acknowledge you for coming for rehearsal. You don't understand what you are doing. Yeah, you don't deserve a special thanks. Look at verse 10. And that's how it should be with you. When you have done what all you should, then say we are merely servants and we have simply done our duty. Am I communicating here? That's how servants, true servants. The moment we have a church, everybody is expecting thank you, thank you, thank you. When I stand here on Sunday, I'll spend all the time thanking people and nobody will be blessed. Am I communicating here? True servant does not expect when you give offering, thank you. You have to write a long letter. Thank you for supporting the ministry. 
That's not bad to be acknowledged. But if that is what you are looking for, your motives are wrong in the first place. The Bible said in John 12, 43, they love human praise more than the praise of God. They love human praise. Human praise. Human praise. Which one do you prefer? Which one do you prefer? The choice is yours. Choose your choice. Number 15, a true servant serves wherever they are needed and not where they are comfortable. A true servant serves where they are needed, not where they are comfortable. There are people who come to church and sometimes there are needs in certain specific places. But they say, as for me, I'm only comfortable in this place. You see, let me tell you something. In the book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 7, let's see what the Bible says about Jesus there. In your lives, you must think and act like Christ Jesus. Christ himself was like God in everything. Somebody say, was like God in everything. He did not think that being equal with God was something to be used for his own benefit, but gave up his place with God and made himself nothing. He gave up his place. The place he was comfortable, he gave it up. You know, when Jesus was coming to earth, he knew what he was coming into. He knew he was going to be mocked. He knew he was going to be cheated. He knew he was going to be crucified. He knew he was going to go through all manner of painful stuff. But that's where he was needed. That's where he was needed. He was needed to come identify with sinful men and to give his life a ransom for them. That's where he was needed. And so if that was where he's needed, then his comfort did not matter anymore. That a lot of people, they are so comfort-minded. Even if you are needed to go start a brand somewhere, they say, I want to be here. Go where you are needed, not just where you are comfortable. Am I communicating here? It's very important. Wherever you are needed, that's where true servant goes. The disciples, anywhere they were needed. If Jesus needed them to go and preach, they went. He needed them to go and prepare a donkey, they went. He needed them to gather fragments, they went. Everything they were needed for. You see, if you are going to be a servant who experienced promotion, listen. On your job, even on your secular job, if you are going to be promoted easily, you have to be versatile. People who are too rigid limit themselves and their destiny. And sometimes people are praying for promotion. They go for interview, they ask you, and you are so narrow in your knowledge. You don't know anything. This is your specialty, we understand. But what about your knowledge in this? A little here, a little there, a little. You don't know anything because you are not versatile. You don't open up. You are so closed in into yourself. It doesn't work like that. Number 16 for tonight. Next week we'll look at the rest. A true servant does whatever his master tells him to do. A true servant does whatever his master tells him to do. John 2, 5. Mary then said to the servants. What did Mary say? Mary said to the servant, do whatever Jesus. He told the servant, do whatever Jesus tells you. To do, Mary told them, do whatever he tells you to do. Matthew 8 verse 9, Matthew 8 9. I also am a man under authority. Having soldiers under me, I say to this one, go. And he goes. And to another, come. And he comes. And to my servant, do this. And he does it. A bad or disloyal servant seem to always have an opinion about an instruction from his master. I take close look at people who seem to always have an opinion about an instruction I give. It's not occasionally. It's not bad to have a, a different opinion. But if it's consistently so, that is a rebel in the making. Because the Bible says that 1 Corinthians 1.10 Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you speak the same thing. Speak what? 
the same thing and that there be no divisions among you that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment you see a true servant without knowing begins to judge things like his master when you are becoming a true servant you see that you begin to see things the way your master sees them the more somebody stays close for a longer time the more you begin to think alike even like couples sometimes there's a thought that comes to my mind and strangely sometimes it's the same thing that may be on mommy's mind when people stay together for a long time and they are gelling well they begin to think alike the bible says i plead with you brethren by the name of jesus that you speak the same thing well your boss says right it's right it's not that you are going to say left we are in the army of the Lord. The Bible says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. If we spend our time now asking and answering every question, by the time we realize the enemy would have overrun us. In the military, they don't ask questions too many. They give you an instruction, you carry it out. Later on, explanations are given. Am I communicating here? That is how church and organizations that are effective are run. They are not run by democracies. No, it doesn't work like that. If we had a military ruler in Ghana, our Ghana would be clean. I'm telling you, it would be clean. When too many people are speaking, usually confusion is the order of the day. When too many people are speaking. This person is speaking, that person is speaking, that person is speaking. That's why democracy is really not my type for Africa. I don't think democracy. What is happening in Rwanda is better for Africans. Not this democracy. Posterity may judge me wrongly or rightly, but that's my opinion. I'm entitled to it. It's not part of the Bible. Because anywhere democracy works in Africa, nothing is working. That's why our systems are not working. I mean, <laughs> may the Lord help us. I'll finish my teaching. I hope you have been blessed. has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services at our headquarters church, 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. for our first service, 8.30 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. for our second service, and 10.15 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. for our third service, and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Locate us on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santati Runabout, Kumasi. Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on our YouTube and Facebook pages, Embassy of Life Chapel. God richly bless you. Never, never be the same. Never be the same.